Welcome to this week's class in Chassidus. We're going to be learning today a very special Chassidic discourse. The Chassidic discourse the Rebbe said in Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, which is also Yud Dalit Kislev, the 14th day of the month of Kislev, which we know is the anniversary of the Rebbe and the Rebbe Tzin. And the Rebbe said this in the year Tavshin Memalif, exactly 40 years ago. And the Rebbe went on to certify and edit the Chassidic discourse seven years later in the year Tavshin Memches. Now, the Hasidic discourse is based on a verse in Isaiah where the prophet says as follows, All your children are going to be lear- uh, scholars learning the Torah of Hashem. And there'll be tremendous amount of peace, some translators' happiness for your children. So the Rebbe quotes here from his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, who said a Hasidic discourse at the Rebbe's wedding and also the Shabbos before the Rebbe's wedding, which is all printed in the uh, Drushe Chasna of the year Tafresh Peites, 92 years ago. And it's based on, on the same verse of Isaiah. So the previous Rebbe explains over there as follows. What does it mean, the Roy Rav Shalim Banoich? Tremendous amount of peace for your children. So, simple meaning is, he brings from the classic commentaries on Tanakh, the Mitzvahs David and the Targum that say, that what that means is very simple, that the one that you learn Torah, and they'll have tremendous shalom, they'll have tremendous peace. That's one simple insight he brings. He brings another insight, that through the fact that there'll be Rav Shalom Benoich, which means that through the Benoich, through the children, there'll be Rav Shalom, not for the children, but actually in the world. That there'll be a lot of peace in the world. What's the connection that through the children will be a lot of peace in the world? So he brings down the famous, uh, um, from the Talmud, the end of Tractate Brachot, where it says over there as follows, Talmidei Chachomim Marbim Shalom Be'olam, that Torah scholars add tremendous amount of peace in the world, and it quotes the verse, this verse, that all your children are going to learn Torah, and he translates as follows, but the little translation is your children, but he, the, the Talmud says, don't read as your children, so it's the same, same word, if you pronounce it differently, it could be the children or builders, so what is the idea of builders? It means they're building the world. And he explains over there in that Hasidic discourse, why are Talmidic Chachamim called builders? What are they building? And they bring another, uh, another piece of Talmud that says, why are, why are uh, uh, Talmidic Chachamim called builders? Why are they called uh, builders? So he says it's referring to Talmidic Chachamim Torah scholars. Why are they called builders? Because they are busy building the world up. Because the fact is the world needs light, the world needs godliness, and when you learn Torah, you're a builder of the world, the spiritual world you're keeping alive. So based on this, it's understood that this, that the Torah scholars are building the world, it's not just the fact that they, they learn Torah and the Torah itself builds the world, but it actually means that they're busy with building the world. In other words, by learning Torah, and making it the business to learn Torah. It means they learn Torah, they inspire others to learn Torah, and they bring Torah, uh, and they make an effort to bring Torah into the world. 
through the learning Torah on that level, you actually create a transformation in the world. So that's the connection between the Talmidei Chachamim, the Torah scholars, that are builders of the world, by lear- not only learning Torah on its own, but actually learning Torah to bring light into the world, you are actually building and bringing um, tremendous strength to the whole world. So based on this, he explains the verse. What is it? So originally, the priest explains it two translations in Rav Sholem. That what? One is referring to they will have peace, and one is the bringing peace into the world. So based on this, he translates the verse, the verse as follows. He splits it in half. So there's two ideas. The first half of the verse says, What does that mean? That all... Your children learn Torah, Torah of Hashem, and that's referring to the day themselves are learning Torah, which basically that's the first insight what the, what the uh, two commentaries of Mitzvah, Stavah, and Targum explains, that they're going to learn Torah, and that will give them um, tremendous peace in their life. But then he goes on, the verse goes on to say, V'rav shalom b'noyich, which again we said b'noyich is not referring to the children, it's referring to the builders of the world. And it was through that, that they're learning Torah, and they're making their application to learn Torah, to bring Torah in the world, that will give, obviously, peace to the world. And then he finishes off in the Chassidic Discourse as follows. That through, I, through the fact they're going to be Rav Shalom Benoich, they're going to be busy um, building the world and bringing godliness into the world, then it'll be fulfilled in them, V'rav Shalom Benoich, which means, and he quotes the verse that says, V'rei bonim lovenecha, that you'll see children, grandchildren, Shalom al Yisrael, peace in the world. In other words, through the fact that you'll be busy learning Torah and making Torah your occupation, that the whole world will be filled with Torah, you'll have peace in the whole world for the the, the scholars that are learning themselves and in the world and through the fact that you'll do your work of bringing Torah into the world in return you'll end up having the great prize that you'll have the prize of peace that's what the Rebbe brings from the previous Rebbe's Maimer but the Rebbe now connects it to this week's Torah portion a beautiful idea in this week's Torah portion according to Kabbalah and Chassidus and explains something very very powerful so it says in this week's Torah portion, Pasha Yishlach, what does it say in the beginning of the Torah portion? Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanov. The Yaakov sends Malachim, angels, in front of him. And who does he send the angels to? So the Torah tells us, El Esav Achiv, to Esav his brother. And he tells him as follows, This is what you should tell. He tells the angels, tell Esav, Im Lavangarti, I was living with Levon. The Eicharad and I was delayed until now. So what is the simple meaning of the verse? That ya- Yaakov is excusing himself. In other words, what he's saying is, really, I should have I came, he's telling the angels, tell us, really, I should have came to you a, a long time ago, a while ago. But unfortunately, I was delayed. In other words, he has to excuse himself for being delayed. The reason why I'm delayed, because I went to Laban. So I'm a simple question. What... Why did Yaakov have to be by Esav? That he has to give an excuse, I'm late. He had, a, he had an appointment with him, he had a meeting with him, he made up a time he was going to meet him. The Torah says, tell him I'm late. Late for what? When was he supposed to be by him? Also, that's, that's question one. Also, there is another question. What does he tell him? I live with Laban, and Rashi says, 
Now, what does it mean? I live by Levan, and he used the term Garti. Garti, we know numerically, is Taryag, 613. In other words, he was telling Lava, he was telling, he was telling Asav that guess what? I live by Levan, and I kept all the 613 commandments. Now, the fact is like this. We all know to Yaakov, keeping the 613 commandments is important. But Asaph doesn't care that Yaakov kept the 613 commandments. So why is he telling Asaph that he kept the 613 commandments? What, what, is that, what is that going to inspire him for? What's the message? What's he trying to tell him? So the Rebbe said it's known the explanation according to Kabbalah and Chassidus as follows. That when Yitzchak blessed Yaakov, so really Yitzchak, we know, wanted to bless Asaph. Bottom line is, he didn't bless Esav, he gave it to Yaakov. Now, the fact is, if Yitzchak wanted to bless Esav, why didn't he bless Esav? Why do you have to give it to Yaakov? So we, it's brought down in and explains as follows. That the truth is, the blessing is supposed to be for Esav. But if Esav would have gotten the blessings, it would have totally exploded him, spiritually. So the blessings had to go to Yaakov. And Yaakov was going to process the blessings, and through Yaakov, he will be able to transfer the blessings over to Esav. So the purpose of going, the, the blessings going to Yaakov so that he can use the blessings to transform Esau. Now, so that's why he got the blessings. So in other words, so Yitzchak gave Yaakov the blessings, but he didn't get it just for himself. He got it to be able to transform Esau. So if he got it to transform Esau, why is he leaving to Laban? He has a job to do. But the reality is, that in order for Yaakov to take those blessings to transform Esau, he had to first go to Laban. He had to go to the house of Laban. It wasn't just that he went to Laban because his brother wanted to kill him or because he was looking for a shidduch. That's according to the simple pshat. But according to Chassidus, the reason why he went to Laban was because since he had to transform Esau and he had those blessings, he had to go through spiritually through to Laban. Why did he have to go through Laban? So, you know, just, just to finish off. So therefore he's telling, therefore, therefore he responds and he tells Esau, I'm late. Why am I late? Because the fact is, I should have been by you already. But I'm late because I had to go to Laban. And why did I have to go to Laban? Because of, in Laban, by, by the house of Laban, Lavan, um, I had to go ahead and observe the mitzvah, which means I had to transform whatever I had to transform in the house of Lavan. And once I finished my spiritual work by Lavan, now I'm ready to come ahead and create the transformation that we have to make, make between Yaakov and Esau. So if that's the case, the question is, why? Why, when Yaakov got the blessings, and the purpose was to transform Esau, did he have to run to Lavan? Why didn't he go straight to Yaakov? So it's brought down in Chassidus, in Kabbalah and Chassidut, that in many places, and specifically, it's interesting, there are quotes over here from uh, uh, a mimer from Parshish Vayishlach, in the famous, one of the deepest uh, teachings of Chassidus in the year Tuf Reish Ayin Beis in the Rebbe Rashab, and he explains two reasons why he had to go first to the house of Laban. The first reason is because in order for him, Yaakov, to do his mission with the blessings, to elevate Esau, he needed some powerful light. And guess who had that powerful light? Lavan had that powerful light. And therefore he had to go work in the house of Laban to get that powerful light. In Kabbalah, it's called, Lavan means white. Levan Ha'elyon was a very, very high level of white. 
which is above hishtalshlus, which means it's above any calculation you can make, above nature. And he, Ayakov went there to go ahead and amass that powerful Levin Elion, that powerful light, because he needed that to go ahead and to, and to transform Asaph. So after he worked by the house of Laban, and we all know that he worked there, the Rebbe says, for 20 years. The Rebbe doesn't explain over here, but it's brought down the reason why he worked for 20 years, because we explained, I think, last week, that 20 in Hebrew is Esrim, and Esrim, numerically, is 620. And Kesser, the highest sphere we know, is the idea of, of, of 620. So he worked there for 20 years to get the Levin Elyon, to get the level of Kesser, which is above Ishtalsalus, to use that to go ahead and transform Asaph. And as and what's interesting is, Rebbe explains very, very powerfully that what happened was, after he worked there, so what happened? It says Lovin got up in the morning, and it says he kissed his sons and his daughters. What does that mean? Because we all know that when you connect, you can say, you can say hi, you can shake hands, but then there can be a hug and it can be a kiss. But, which basically, Lovum was basically connecting and giving over that powerful spark through the union of a kiss, um, the uh, union of spirit to spirit to Yaakov, not only to Yaakov, but to all to Yaakov's offsprings, his sons and his daughters, so that they would all have the power from Levin Elyon, from this Lovum, to go ahead and transform Asaph. So again, so the first reason what the Rebbe gives here, why do you have to go to Laban, is to get this powerful Laban Elyon to use to transform Asaph. That's one reason. The second reason the Rebbe gives, why did he have to go to Laban? Because he needed first to transform Lavan before he transformed Asaph. Why? No, it's not only because his source is very higher. You know, as we're talking about loving in, in this world, but loving, unfortunately, was in the world of Klippa, which is opposite of holiness. Why? Because Lovin was higher than Esav, because, because Lovin is from the world of Klippa Noiga, which means it's not, God forbid, from the Klippa, so the Shalosh Klippa, the third, three impure Klippas that you can't transform, but it's Klippa Noiga, which means it's a Klippa which is neutral. It can either be to the right or to the left. And Lovin was Klippa Noiga, and he was in the level of Keser, Chachma and Bina, which the high, the three highest spheroids, Kesar, Chachma and Bina, that's Lavan. Esav, we know spiritually, is the seven Midois of Klipas Noiga. So because, in, if you look at the chart of the Sirot, Kesar is the highest, then it's Chachma and Bina, and then you start, you count Kesar, you don't count Das, and then you count the seven Midois starting with Chesed, Burt, Feres, and that's a Malchus. So because Lavan was in the level of Kesar, Chachma and Bina, of Klippas Noiga, Esau was already lower, he was the, the seven Midois, so first he had to go to Lavan to transform Kesachach Bina, and then you can go into transforming the Midois. So again, to recap, the Rebbe explains why did Yaakov have to go to the house of Laban before he was able to elevate Esau. One reason is because Lavan on a spiritual level was very, very high, Laban and Elyon high from Ishtalshalas, he had to go there to get that, and he got that. By, at the end of his job, when um, Lovin went ahead and kissed him and his family. They got that, and they, they were able to use that to transform Esav. The second reason the Rebbe gives is because since Lovin was Keser Chachma Bina of Klipas Noiga, which is higher than Esav, seven Midois of Klipas Noiga, so you have to first start the process of transforming Keser Chachma Bina before you can go into transforming the seven Midois. Now, so now the Rebbe is going to go into this, obviously, a step further. So again, so Yaakov's job is 
to transform. So he went to Laban, again, either to get the, the powerful lights or to start the process with Laban. Now he's continuing on what, with Asaph. Shreva explains when it comes to transformation, elevation, there's two ways you can go about transforming. One is called Melmata Lamaila, where you deal with the bottom, you deal with the world, you deal with the roughness. And the other way is Melmata Lamata. You come in, you shine in big light. You bring in powerful energies and automatically everything gets transformed. So Yaakov Derba explains his way of transformation was Milmaila Lamata. Yaakov brought in the light. And by bringing in the light, according to Kabbalah, it's called Gilui or Elyon. By revealing the, the, the great, powerful light, that's the way Yaakov did transformation. Why? Why was Yaakov unique that that was his, his way of, of doing transformation? So the Rebbe explains very simple, because we all know that Yaakov is connected to Torah. Yaakov is Torah. In other words, like this. You have the three of us. Who are the three of us? You have Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The three represent the three pillars of Judaism. Torah, uh, learning Torah, Avodah, which is prayer, and Gemil's Chasadim, which is acts of kindness. Avraham represented the idea of Gemil's Chasadim, doing charity, acts of kindness, the mitzvahs. Yitzchak represented the idea of prayer. Yaakov, on the other hand, represented Torah. Three patriarchs, three powerful pillars. Now, there's the avoid of Gemilas Chasadim, and which is Avram Avinu, the avoid of Tfilah, which is Yitzchak. Those two are Milmatalamaila. You do a mitzvah, you're elevating the physical world. You're praying, you're working yourself out. Torah, you're learning, you're connecting to the most powerful light. So Yaakov was Torah. So because he's Torah, the way he transformed the world, this he brought in the light of Torah. And Rebbe uh, uh, brings here um, from, a, from a previous uh, Hasidic discourse that explains the difference between the transformation that takes place through prayer and the transformation that takes place through learning Torah. When you pray, that's a transformation which is called milmatalamayla. What does it mean milmatalamayla? That you're dealing with the, I, the item that has to be transformed. Like we discussed last week in the Kabbalah class. When you're praying, you're dealing with that animal soul. You have to deal with it. Because the animal doesn't want to pray and he's bothering you. But you have to deal with it. That's the way prayer works. On the other hand, through Torah, you put on the light of Torah, there's no animal soul. The light is so powerful. Everything is gone. Now, so the Rebbe explains it a step further, a step deeper. In other words, prayer, milmatalamayla. Torah, milmatalamayla. Prayer, you have to deal with the bottom. You have to deal with what you're trying to transform. And Torah, you don't have to deal. You just, you just bring in the light of Torah. So the Rebbe says, it's not only in the way the transformation takes place, where in other words, um, um, you have to deal with the darkness, or you don't deal with the darkness, but it also has to do with the, the order of the transformation. In other words, like this. When you do a transformation, which we call milmatalamayla, which means you're dealing with the thing that has to be transformed. But, so that's one, one component. But also in the order, you go from below above. That means first you transform the lower elements and then you transform the higher elements. And it's two separate. But, with, but the point is that you have to, that, that, that milmatalamayla means both. That means like this. 
When you're working you have to deal with your animal soul. That's point number one. You have to deal with it. Point number two, you have to start from the bottom and work your way up. You have to work on every single one of the emotions. Once you finish the emotions, you deal with intellect, and then you keep on going higher. On the other hand, the way the transformation works is you bring in a big light. You don't have to deal with the darkness of the world. But not only do you bring in a big light, but the light actually starts on the top versus on the bottom. That means the light starts in the intellect, and then from there you go down to the emotions. So it's two separate things, but they both they, they but they, they they work both. One is in the way, in other words, you're dealing with the with the thing that has to be elevated, and you have to work from the bottom and work your way up. Milamata is you bring in a big light, and then also you start from the top and you go down to the bottom. Now, so based on this, Rebbe says. The Berurim, the transformation that we do today in this world that we're living in, we do it Mulmatalamaila. In other words, practically speaking, in this world that we're living in, first you, we're dealing with a world, and because we're dealing with a world, first you have to transform the seven lower spheroids, which resembles the emotions, before you can start transforming the intellect. And as we know, when the Jewish people conquered the land of Israel, we were only able to take out seven nations. Of, seven nations. When Mashiach comes, we will take out Kani, Knizhi, Vikadmoini, which represents the idea of intellect. And the Rebbe blings from the, uh, <coughs> from the middle of the Rebbe that he says as follows, that when Yeshua conquered the land of Israel, so it wasn't as he physically conquered the land of Israel. He was able to transform the seven emotions and the intellect which has a connection with the emotions, not the intellect by itself. So again, when Yeshua conquered the land of Israel, he started with the land, he was dealing with the land, but he also started from the bottom, the emotions, and the intellect which is connected to the emotions. The intellect itself, he did not transform. The three nations that he did not transform, that's when Mashiach comes, which represents the idea of intellect. However, the Rebbe says, the transformation of Yaakov, and Yaakov, we said, is Torah, which comes Lamata. So what was the first thing he did? He had to first go to Lavan. Lavan is Kesar Chachmabina. And then afterwards he went down to Esau, the seven Midas, which is a beautiful insight. What Derb explains why he had to go first to Lavan. Why couldn't he start with Esau? Because again, since Yaakov is Lamata, you have to start from the top. So he had to start with Kesachachamim, which is by Lavan, and then he was able to go to Esav, which he was, the seven loan was the seven emotions. Now, so the Rebbe explains and he says it like, as follows. Even though we know that if you have two ways to transform, Milmatalamaila, dealing with the thing that has to be transformed, or Milmatalamaila, just bring in a powerful light, so it's known all throughout Chassidus, which is, which, is which is more stronger, which is more powerful. You bring in the light, and you don't have to deal with any darkness. Versus if, you, if you're dealing with the darkness, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, it's a challenge, you're dealing with negativity, whatever, whatever the mata is, whatever the low part is. Versus you're living on a whole different level. So that's in general. But however, we all know, in life there's always pros and cons to everything. So even though in generally, bringing the light is much more powerful. But 
there is something which Milmatalamaila has an edge, a pro over Milmailamata. What is that? Because when you bring in the light, powerful light, wow, A, you're busy with light, it's great, it's wonderful. But the fact is that Tachtoin, the thing that has to be transformed, is not really being transformed. Because it's a light, it's woe, it's totally, totally overpowering, so the Tachtoin, so to speak, goes to sleep. He finds a place to hide out. You haven't transformed the, the, your animal soul. The light is so big, okay, you know what, let's all sit and enjoy the light. But the animal soul hasn't been transformed. The world hasn't been transformed. However, when you do the transformation, what happens then is, yeah, it's a struggle, and you have to deal with the challenges, you have to deal with the animal soul, and something you have to deal with negativity, you have to deal with things you don't want to deal with, which is not your cup of tea, or something that's even repulsive, etc. But guess what happens? After you work it out, and it's a lot of hard work, then the tachtoin, the nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, the world, becomes literally a vessel for, for godliness. Now, which so, again, so even though Yaakov's avoida is much higher, bring in a light, and it's amazing, that's, that's a great life to live. Bring a light of Torah, and life is good. However, there's one drawback, you're not really going to transform the physical world, because you only bring in a light, and every, as long as the light is on, life is great. The minute, God forbid, the light is not on so strong, then all of a sudden, you have a lot of noise from the bottom. Versus if you spend time transforming the, 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 your animal soul, when the light goes off, it's, the animal soul's not there, it's already transformed. Now, so based on this, Trevor explains, what happened, Yaakov meets Esav. And the whole interaction, as it says in detail in this week's Torah portion, Esav runs over to him. He hugs him. He kisses him. No. So seemingly, life should be great. They should, the two of them should go together and build two shuls, two yeshivas. The two of them are like transformed. What happens? The Torah says, no, no, no. Yaakov says, okay, fine. I'm going to go slowly and we'll meet up later. When we all know when Mashiach comes, we're going to meet up with Esav. As the verse says, we all know Mashiach, and because only when Mashiach comes will Esav be transformed. But Yaakov wasn't able to transform Esav. There was no fight. There was no war. He, over, he gave him a lot of presents. He brought in a lot of light. So he wasn't bothering him. He wasn't ready to kill him. Esav wasn't ready to kill Yaakov. But he wasn't transformed. Why wasn't he transformed? The light was huge. The light of Yaakov. He got the light from Lavan. Why wasn't he transformed? And the answer to the says is very, very simple. Because how did Yaakov try, try to transform him? By bringing in a big light. Guess what? As long as the light was on, life was good. But afterwards, but of himself wasn't transformed. And therefore, the Rebbe says there was no true or complete, complete transformation. Because when you have Yaakov, which is great, and you have the big light, Esav will remain Esav. In order for Esav to be transformed, you have to deal with Esav. You can't just bring in the big light. When is that going to happen? When Mashiach comes. Now, why is that going to happen when Mashiach comes? What, the light's going to be greater then. So why is that going to happen when Mashiach comes? And the says, no, no, no. Because when we go in Gullus, us, every one of us, we do our work. And we work on learning Torah and doing mitzvahs and praying and transforming ourselves. All throughout Gullus, that means in the darkness of Gullus, we work, we're doing the avoid of once we finish our avoid, guess what? 
then Esav will be transformed. It's not just going to happen from a light. It's through our work in Gullus. Now, so on one hand, you can say, one second, so if that's the case, what's the point of Yaakov's light? If it's really all about us doing the work, what was the point of Yaakov's light? And everyone said, no, no, no. Because the start of the process, that started the process that we should have, and we should have the ability, and the Nesinas Koyach, we should have the strength to do our avoidance, comes from Yaakov's start of the process, so as Yaakov started the process by bringing in the big light, that allows us the strength and the motivation and the ability to continue our work So Yaakov started the process and we continue the process. Okay, so again, so what do you see here? What's there, what's there explaining? That even though generally the avoidum al-maylamata, which Yaakov is doing, is amazing, it's powerful, but in order to really create a transformation that Asa of our Nefesh Bahama should be transformed, that comes through al-maylamata. And it's, you, they're both needed, because Yaakov starts the process by bringing in the big light, but then you've got to continue it by doing our work. Based on this, Rebbe asks a very, very simple question, a very powerful question. We all know the author brings in Tanya, the author says in Tanya, that Torah is Nitzchis. Torah is not a book of the past. Torah is everlasting. Every story in Torah, every lesson in Torah is a lesson that's an everlasting lesson. Now, what's our avoida in this world? The light is not all on. We're living in Gullus. So how do we do, what are we doing? We're doing Melmatalamaila. We're dealing with the world. We each have an animal soul that we're dealing with. A personal animal soul, a global animal soul. So if that's the case, what's our avoida? Melmatalamaila. Right? We're working on transforming ourselves, transforming the world. So if that's the case, you're asked a simple question. Why does it in the Torah tell us, and with a tremendous um, detail, about the way Yaakov is sending messengers to Esav, and which basically he was sending messages, he was sending light to him, which is all Mamaila Lamata. That's not our avoido. Why are you telling us so much about Mamaila Lamata? It's not, it's not, how is that helping us in our, in our life? And it's not something which is applies to us, seemingly. Question number one. Question number two is, Rebbe says, what does the Torah tell us that Yaakov went first to Lavan, and then he went to, went to Esav? Now, what's the reason why he went to, to Lavan and then to Esav, according to Chassidus? Because by Lavan, he had to first transform, he had to go Malmai Lamata, he had to first transform Keser Chachman Bina, and then he went to Esav to transform the seven emotions. Hello, that's not the way we do things. We're the opposite. We're transforming, working on the emotions. Our intellect is only going to transform when Mashiach comes. So why is the Torah telling us how Yaakov did it? What's the point? And Rebbe explains something very, very powerful, and he says like this. Yaakov's avoida was Melmaila Lamata, which means he brought in the big light. And because he brought in the big light, he, it was an amazing light, and therefore he started off by, by Lavan, which represents the uh, Kesar Chachmabina, and then he continued on to Asa with the, all the seven emotions. But the fact that the Torah tells us the way Yaakov did it, so we know that anything that happened to, the, to our uh, patriarchs and the matriarchs is to teach us something. Not only to teach us, but it's actually to give us power and strength. Not, and, for, and specifically for this avoida, for this way to serve Hashem. In other words, like this. Besides the fact that we're Yaakov doing his avoida, milmail lamata, in other words, bringing in the light, 
Point number one. And then point number two is starting from the top. Kesachalamina going down to the Midois. Besides the fact that's an inspiration for us that we should do what we're supposed to do. Milmatalamailo, which means deal with the world and start with the emotions and work our way up. But it's also an inspiration and it gives us the power on the avoida of milmaila lamato to bringing in the light and starting from the top, which is the transformation through learning Torah. How does that work? So Rebbe says, we're not talking about just regular learning Torah. We're talking specifically learning Pnimiyas HaTorah, which is a reference to Chassidus. Because transformation of learning Torah, where it's Milmaila Lamata, is only through Chassidus. Through learning Chassidus, through learning Chassidus and understanding Chassidus, we bring in powerful light, which creates a transformation Milmaila Lamata. And like the Rebbe says, let's explain in a different Chassidic discourse, Padre Bashal Nafshi, at length, that the transformation that takes place through learning the revealed part of Torah, Chumash, Prophets, Writings, Mishnah, Talmud, Commentaries, etc., we know that Torah got enclosed, in the words of Kabbalah, in Eitz Hadas, the tree of knowledge, which has Toivira, good and bad. Why does the Torah deal with all these ideas? So that we can transform the physical world, the toiv and the ra, the good and the bad that's in the world, which that is all the avoida of melmatulamayla, which means we engage in a way of war, with spiritual war, to elevate the physical world. So the avoida of nigla the Torah, the revealed part of Torah, that's the avoida of melmatulamayla. You have questions, you have answers, and it's a struggle trying to understand it. That's, that's Milmatalamailo. However, learning Torah, Chsidis, which is called not Eitz Adas, Torah, that's Nikola the Torah. Chsidis is called Ilana the Chaya, the tree of life. The tree of life is not one that we get, uh, that, that engages in the world, but actually, when you learn Chsidis, you're actually bringing this powerful light into the world. So what the Rebbe is saying is that we can, in this world, do the avoid of Yaakov Avinu by learning Chassidus. Because when you learn Chassidus, you're bringing the light to the world, and therefore you start from the top. Because Chassidus is all about Ilana the Chai, the tree of life, which deals with spirituality, godliness, a whole different lens to the way to look at the world. Now, so even though, generally speaking, generally speaking, the difference between the revealed part of Torah is that it's milmatolamayla, dealing with the world, dealing with good and bad, kosher, non-kosher, pure, impure, and chassidus is all about godliness, so it's milmatolamayla, that's in general, but we know that specifically, each one, chassidus, even though it's mainly Milmaila Lamata also has a component of Milmata Lamaila. And Nigla, even though it's mainly Milmata Lamaila, also has a component of Milmaila Lamata. Why? Because we know the Torah speaks in general terms, and then you have details of the Torah. And Rebbe explains it as follows. And he explains it based on what the Alter Rebbe, which this Shabbos actually is the big celebration of Yitzhak Kislev, when the Alter was released from prison for teaching Torah and Chsidis. So the author writes in Tanya, and he writes as follows. And this is a very, very powerful teaching of the author in Kuntas Rachman of Tanya. And he says like this. 
learning chsidus, learning pnimius a Torah, learning the internal part of the Torah. And he says as follows, quote, is a mitzvah rama, it's a huge, an elevated, venasa, it's a very, very elevated and high mitzvah. Umeviya, the lay shalomah, brings you to a complete heart. So he says two components, that learning chsidus, learning pnimius a Torah, is a mitzvah rama, it's a huge, elevated venasa. It's a very, very elevated mitzvah. But it also does, it brings you to a complete heart. What does that mean practically? Shabbat so explains very simple. Chassidus has two components. Two components. By learning chassidus. One is, we'll start from the second one, it brings you to have a complete heart. What does that mean? Very simple. We know the heart resembles emotions. Our emotions struggle. Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hod Malchus, all these seven emotions. Our heart, that's where all the pain and the suffering and the anguish is in. Hopefully all the joy and celebration is there. So, throughout our life, one of the main components of Chesedus is Tikkun Hamidois, to work on transforming our, our emotions. So Chesedus has the power, by learning Chesedus, to have a complete heart. God for not a broken heart. A heart that's complete. A heart that's complete means it's transformed. Every one of the emotions are transformed. So that's one component of chassidus. What does it mean that the, the uh, complete heart? That means transforming the midas. That means that's the avoidim al That's working with your attributes. Then there's another component. That learning chassidus and knowing chassidus is a mitzvah, Rama, Venasa, a very, very high mitzvah, which basically means, what means a high mitzvah? It basically takes you to a place which is totally above transformation. Lev of Shalom means you're transforming. You have to deal with it. Mitzvah, Rama means a high mitzvah. You learn chassidus, you're like, whoa, on cloud nine. You're getting to, to know Ein Saif, the infinite light. You're getting to know to the essence of Hashem. It's a powerful spiritual experience. I'm sure you're all getting right now when you're learning chassidus here or anytime you learn chassidus. There's two components. There's one where you work on yourself and there's one where you connect to God on a very, very powerful level. So you see here clearly that when it comes to chassidus, you have both components. You have the component where you do transformation and you have the component where it brings in the light. So even though the main avoid of chassidus is bringing the light, but it also has the component of transformation. And there's the same thing also applies to learning Nigla, the Torah, the revealed part of Torah. That they, both, they have both components. So the fact that we do transformation, we know the whole, the whole learning is about. It's kosher, it's not kosher, it's pure, it's not pure. And, and you're dealing with the world. But you also have the component in learning Nigla, the revealed part of Torah, which, where, it's, where, where, it's, where it's bringing in the light. Like for example, it says many times in the Talmud, it says, Droish Rekabaschar, learn. Not necessarily you're learning because you want to know the halacha, what to do. Is it kosher, not kosher? I could, I can't. You're learning. You're learning to connect to Hashem, which is not necessarily for transformational purposes. And this idea of just connecting to Hashem through learning Nigla Torah, is also in the revealed part of Torah, in Torah Because when you learn Torah which is the five books of Moses, the prophets and the writings and so on and so forth, and you're learning how to live a life, whether it's, uh, <coughs> whatever maybe you're learning, so you're connecting to Hashem. 
on the other hand, when you're learning the halacha to know what, 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 what the law is and you're learning uh, how to practice, that's called transformation. However, there's in Torah, there's stories in Torah. There's stories. You read stories, not for a message or for a reason, just learning Torah. Or, for example, you're just reading, you're reading Torah Shabbat You're just reading it. You're reading Chumash, uh, Prophets, etc. And we all know that by reading, by just learning, learning, reading, understanding what it says in Chumash, even if you don't understand what you're saying, just by reading, for example, you read Tillam. You read the book of Psalms. People read the book of Psalms. People read it every single day, the whole book. Once a week, once a month, every day a little part. You're fulfilling the mitzvah of learning Torah, which is the same idea, just like learning Chassidus, which is above transformational purposes. And we know, for example, it's brought down in the Kutari, Dalta brings, that we know you have to learn um, a third mikra, uh, the, the uh, Chumash, a, fir- a third Mishnah, a third Talmud. And the fact is that Primis Torah goes in the Mikra. So you see that learning Chumash goes on, is in the ca- same category as Chassidus. On the other hand, if you look in, in, in Chassidus, that even in Tanya, which we know is the Bible of mysticism, so what does it say in Tanya? That even though Tanya generally it's a godly book, so it's like connecting Malmai Lamata. But the fact is, it also has to do with transformation purposes. Because we know the author writes in the Hagdama, right in the beginning of Tanya, and he writes as follows. If you look on the first page of Tanya, what does the author write? That he's writing the, the, the book of Tanya based on the verse in the Torah, It's very close to you. Beficha in your mouth, Bilvavcha in your heart. But then he says, La Asaisai, to do. And he says, to explain to you how it's very easy. In other words, the, the, the purpose and the, the, the reason for Tanya is to explain to you la soy soy, how to do it, which is transformation. So that's in detail. So you see, in the detail, in the Chassidus, you have which bring in the light, but you also have the transformation. In Nigla, you have the transformation, but it's also about bringing in the light. But generally, that's, that's in the detail, but generally speaking, Nigla, the Torah, the revealed part of Torah, is about transformation. And Chassidus, the tree of life, is all about bringing in the powerful light. And the transformation that takes place through the, tra- when you learn Chassidus, there's a transformation. For sure, it's a transformation, but it's not in a way where it gets involved with the animal soul, where you struggle with it. You just learn this, and all of a sudden, wow, you're in a good mood. You're in a holy place. You're in a godly space. Just, you're not in the greatest mood. Take out some chsidis, learn it. And guess what? Mood changes right away. You don't have to go to your therapist. You're totally in a holy place. You're in a godly place. It works. And guess what? You go back into that space, learn more chsidis. There's plenty to learn. There's Tanya, there's, there's, there's uh, bookshelves, and say they have in many, many languages. You can watch classes on YouTube, on other, uh, on other channels on the internet. There's, there's, there's nothing lacking. So Chassidus has the power to bring in the powerful light and put you into a great place. Now, <clears throat> so what is Rebbe saying here? That the transformation that Yaakov did and does was a in the manner of Milmailamata, which means he brought in a powerful light. Also, he started from on top, Kesachachamina by Lavan, and then he went on to Esav, the, uh, the seven Midois. So, the same thing Ulster explains that's the way it works when you learn Chsidis.
that when you learn Chassidus, by understanding it, meditating on it, what happens then is, and this is so powerful, you literally transform from the top. What's on the top? The intellect. You transform, transform the intellect of your godly soul and of your animal soul. Think about this. Wow. Learning Siddhas has the power to transform the intellect of your godly soul and your animal soul. Even and including the intellect which is totally disconnected from the emotions. You're starting from the top. So you're starting with intellect, pure intellect of the godly soul, the animal soul, and intellect which, which is not connected to the emotions. Because when you learn Nigla, the revealed part of Torah, over there you're transforming your emotions. And even the intellect that you're transforming, it's intellect which is connected to the emotions. However, when you're learning Chassidus, Pneumius Torah, since we brought before from the Tanya without Rebbe rights, that learning Chassidus is a mitzvah, Rama, Venosa, in its own right, it's higher than the fact that it brings, true, it brings you to, trans, to a complete heart. That's true. But the fact is it's very, very hard, very high. And because it's so high, just like Yaakov started with Kesachachambina, by learning Chassidus, there's actually a transformation in the essence of your intellect. Now that's cool and that's huge. It's amazing. Can you imagine by learning Chassidus you can transform your intellect? Hello, we should be doing it all day. Transform our intellect. Now, so they're asking a simple question. One second, relax. The fact is, we all know that the conquering of Kani, Knizi, Vikanmoini, which is referring to the intellect, which is higher than Midois, we said it's only giving Mashiach comes. After this full transformation of the emotions and the intellect, which is connected to emotions. But how does that happen now? And the answer is yes, because it, that could happen through learning Chsidis. And. Um, and that's why the Torah tells us about the transformation of Yaakov. Why? Because Yaakov brought in a very, very powerful light. And also he started Yaakov on the top. Later on he went to Esau to deal with the emotions. The same thing also when it comes to Chassidus. We have the power by learning Chassidus, A, just to bring in the light, not to have to deal with the lower part of the world, not to have to, have to deal with the animal soul, and we start from the top, we actually transform the intellect, just like Yaakov. And which this is a very, very powerful lesson to each and every one of us. And never finished, and never continues on to say it as follows. What's the, what's, the, what's the lesson from this type of transformation of Yaakov, which means that we do the intellect first and then the emotions, um, has to do with not only the way, the, um, the, the, the way it works, in the process, but that's also the way when it comes to learning Nigla and Chassidus. Because what did we say before? Nigla, the revealed part of Torah, works from the bottom up. Chassidus starts from the top. Now, when you start from the top, so you start bringing in the light and transforms the intellect and then the emotions. So the same thing also applies the way you study. What does that mean like this? Because even though generally speaking, what do you learn first? You first you learn the revealed part of the Torah. You have to learn Chumash, you have to learn the Prophets, you have to learn the Writings, you have to learn Mishnah, you have to learn Talmud. And then from there you go on to learning Chassidus who teaches you the inside of Chassidus. So the normal flow is, seemingly, you learn Nigla first and then you learn Chassidus. And, <clears throat> and there it brings actually a very, very famous uh, a story from Rabchaim Vital. Rabchaim Vital brings 
he was a student of the Arizal, and he, he explained the way, the, way the, the way his teacher, the Arizal, the way he learned, so he learned with tremendous, tremendous effort. Up to the point when he was learning, he was actually sweating. And he actually asked him, Chaim, he tells him, why are you sweating so much when you're learning? And he told him because when you, in, in, the, in the revealed part of Torah, there's a lot of klipot. And in order to break the klipot, you have to toil. And when you toil, you actually break and transform the klipot. And because he was trying to break the klipot, he would sit and toil away. And obviously the result was very, very smart. And he was very, very sharp. So the Rebbe says that when he learned, he would learn so in depth that he would actually come up with seven different approaches in Jewish law. Sorry, six different approaches in Jewish law. One for each day of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. For six days of the week. He would, he would come with a whole different... All by learning and creating a sweat to break the klipot. After he learned... Six levels in the revealed part of Torah, he would learn chassid, the chassidus, and that resembles the idea of Shabbos. So that's generally the normal flow. But nevertheless, so even though you start with nigla, as you see in this case, the story that he learned the nigla, the revealed part of Torah, six six different ways, and then he approached the seventh way, the coin to chassidus. But nevertheless, before he even learned nigla, the foundations of chassidus. The foundations of the inner part of Torah, that was, that was natural to him. And it was not something you have to comprehend. It, it was a natural instinct, to all the ideas of Chassidus. And that happens before you even learn Nigla. Why? Because just again, Yaakov started with from the top to the bottom, which means bringing in the light, starting from the higher to the lower. So the same thing also when it comes to learning, even though yet technically you might learn Nigla first. You might learn the revealed part of Torah first, and then Chassidus, but the foundations and the basics of mysticism has to be first. Because when, you, when the basics of Chassidus, Pneumius Torah is there, then when you're learning the revealed part of Torah, and the transformation that takes place through learning the revealed part of Torah, it's a whole different league. So as a prerequisite, before you sit down to learn Nigla, you have to learn Chassidus, which we all know, for example, before you learn the revealed part of Torah, what do you do? You make a blessing. What's the blessing? Acknowledging spiritually that you're learning Torah's Hashem. It's not about you, oh, I'm going to learn Torah. This makes sense, that makes sense. You're accepting upon yourself that it's Hashem's Torah. Once you accept upon yourself it's Hashem's Torah and you have that attitude, then the whole learning is different. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Never explain, it's very simple. Because the revealed part of Torah is limited. And the chassidus, the, the concealed part of Torah, the premise of Torah is unlimited. And when you know the approach of chassidus, the approach of mysticism, as something which is prerequisite to every, before you start any engagement, then what happens is you learn chassidus, you learn it in a way that you comprehend it, and the Zerba says, in a way that you're learning, as the verse says in the, in the Torah, Ki Yarchev, Hashem is going to expand. One day Hashem is going to expand the borders. We're going to have Keni Kedmoini. We're going to have the intellect. But you're going to learn in a way that you already have it now, because Chassidus has the power to do that. Which, in other words, because you're going above any limits and any restrictions. And the Rebbe 
it says, how does that work out? How do you know if you're connected to Chassidus, which means says that you're like you're living a life of Chassidus? That's already when you go above, above, beyond nature, above, beyond time. So you're not calculated. Okay, oh, I already learned my hour today. Oh, I already finished my, my, my class for today. No, no, you don't make calculations of time. You're learning. When? Always. What do you mean? What time? Why are you creating a finite experience to it? means there's no limits, means you don't look at the clock when you're starting and when you're finishing. You're finished, you're middle, it's be during your class, after your class, there's no limits. You are connected to what? To Hashem. That happens when you learn Chassidus and Chassidus becomes real. It's not just an academic, it's not just a study, it becomes who you are. And what happens is once you learn Chassidus on that level, so now you're plugged into the infinite. So then when you learn Nigla, then when you re- learn the revealed part of, of the Torah, you actually bring in the infinite teachings of Chassidus into the learning of the revealed part of the Torah. And the revealed part of the Torah, even though it's revealed and it's limited, gets the whole component of the infinite part of Chassidus embedded in it. And then what happens is, when you're doing the transformation which takes place through the revealed part of the Torah, even though you're engaging with it, it's a whole different league. A whole different league. So, Based on this, Rebbe explains something very, very powerful. So, just to recap. Chassidus, learning Chassidus, is melmaila lamata. Chassidus connects you to the infinite. It could even create a transformation of your intellect. On the other hand, nigla comes afterwards. But even though technically you might learn nigla first, but you have to have the prerequisite of the infinite part of Chassidus before you start. Because if you have that first, then the learning of Nigla is totally different. And then the transformation that takes place is totally different. So I've asked a very simple question. <clears throat> what happens? So you have the outlook of Chassidus, where it's really the world is about Hashem, the infinite Hashem, and you're just one with Hashem. The light is on. The intellect got it. Then you sit down to learn Nigla. You're dealing with Kosher, non-kosher, uh, things are appropriate, not appropriate, uh, pure, impure, etc. And you're actually elevating the world by learning it. But the elevation is coming through the fact that you pushed in beforehand the whole outlook of Chassidus. But seemingly, the says, one second. Here you want this high, you bring in this light, you don't have to deal with the world. And now I'm getting involved in learning Nicholas. Now I'm getting back into the world. Isn't that a downgrade? Aren't you downgrading Chassidus by bringing it to deal with the world? See, me, it's a good question. Never explains no. Nevertheless, it's not true. Why? Because we know when Hashem created the world, Hashem wanted to make a dear B'tachtonim. Hashem wanted to make a dwelling place down in this world. What does that mean, a dwelling place down in this world? There should be a place, a world, that's dark, and God is not revealed. But in this dark place, Hashem should be revealed. Now, how could you accomplish that? By bringing in the light of Chassidus, just bringing in the light, you're not transforming the world. You have to come on to learning Nigla. You have to come on to re- learning the revealed part of the Torah. Because otherwise, how are you bringing light into the world? So even though it might seem, oh, what do I have to deal with the world? No, no, you need to deal with the world. Because you have to elevate the world and transform the, wor- transform the world. So what happens is when you learn Chassidus first, you, you're on a high. And then you have to deal with the physical world. But guess what? You're transforming and elevating the world. And that's what Hashem wants. 
So what happens then is, then you're transforming the world, you actually elevate the chassidus that you learned to begin in the beginning. Higher than if you just learned it alone. So it was like this. If you just learned chassidus, wow, the light is on. Okay, great. But then when you take that prerequisite of the way it's all about Hashem, and you get engaged in the world, and you learn the revealed part of the Torah that deals with the world, and you elevate the world, so it looks like you're downgrading because you have to deal with the world. No, 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 because but now you're elevating the bottom of the world. You're transforming the physical world. So what happens then is the chassidus itself gets elevated to a whole different level. And based on this, Rebbe explains very, very simple, the verse, the original verse that we started the chassidic discourse. V'chol b'nayich limudei Hashem. All your children are going to be learners of the Torah of Hashem. V'rav shalom b'nayich, and your children are going to have a lot of peace. So, let's translate the verse, according to chassidus that we just learned. V'chol b'nayich limudei Hashem means that all your children are going to learn the Torah of Hashem. Which referring to what? Learning, learning the Torah. Whether it's Nigla Torah, and more importantly, learning Siddhas. Bringing light in the world. Bringing light in the world. They're busy bringing light into the world. Bringing light. By learning Siddhas, they're bringing light into the world. And there'll be a lot of peace. So the literal translation is your children, but we already explained that don't say referring to children, it's referring to that they're builders. Build is what? They're building the world. What does that mean? They're transforming the world. They're transforming the world through learning Torah. Which part of the Torah? The revealed part of the Torah, which comes after learning as a prerequisite beforehand. But what happens when they learn the revealed part of the Torah and they're transforming the world, they're elevating the world? So then there comes an, the, the Torah itself that you originally learned on its own gets elevated. So again, just to recap, when you start learning, you bring your light to the world. Then you elevate the world. Then what happens is you actually elevate the Torah that you start off to learn on, on its own, which is just the light. And that's why the Rebbe says, that's why in the Chassidic Discourse, the, pre, the previous Rebbe explains at the end that through the fact that this Boinayach, that we're transforming the world, then we come to the level that should be fulfilled in the children, in themselves. They're going to have tremendous blessings of tremendous peace. So as you can see, this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse on many, many levels. And I think the two powerful messages, one is the whole Hasidic insight into the engagement between Yaakov and Esav. That Yaakov job is in this world to bring light to the world and he first went to asav again either to gain the holy lights but according to the second interpretation which we dealt with more to go ahead and transform laban and then he went to engage with with asav the midas now unfortunately because of the mile so he wasn't it wasn't a wasn't complete we have to finish it but the fact is that we have the power by learning chassidus to do the avoid of melmaila lamata, even though generally our avoid is melmaila lamaila, but by learning chassidus, we can do the avoid of bringing powerful light into the world. And even not only powerful light, we have the power to elevate our intellect, transform our intellect, which really is not going to happen until Mashiach comes, but through learning chassidus, we can do it.
And but then we engage in the, learning the revealed part of the Torah, which elevates the world, which actually creates an elevation in the p- powerful light of just learning plain Torah. So let's hope and pray that in honor of uh, learning Torah and especially learning Chassidus, will all will be elevated on a very very high level, and our intellects will be totally transformed, and we'll have a greater and deeper connection with Hashem. So let's hope and pray that God willing, the next class of Chassidus will be in your Shlaim or Kodesh with Mashiach Tzidkenu. Have a great and blessed week.